Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. It is great to see you. Today we are concluding our series on Hall of Faith, and uh, next week I'm going to be teaching on understanding faith a little bit more, and then we're going to be teaching on understanding grace. The Bible says in 1 John 4 that God is love. Everything that God will do in your life is based in love because God is love. Everything that God does in our life is by grace, and it's received by faith. And so if you want to know how God works in our lives and how to work with God and how to, how to lean into God and how to receive more of what God wants to do, the next couple of weeks are really designed for that. He is a God of love. Everything he does is love. It is by grace. It's not by works. Um, and it's received by faith. And so if we want to see God and we want to receive more of God, grace and faith become absolutely foundational and paramount to everything that we do. So if you're like, hey, I'm a little confused on faith. I'm a little confused on grace. Man, these next two weeks are for you. I really feel like God was kind of tugging me back and say, yo, revisit those concepts and let's teach and talk about that. I'm really excited for the one in grace in a couple weeks. So man, if I could give a push for the next two weeks, I think they're going to be great. Come and we're going to teach you. I think it's, I think it's going to help you. I really do. Uh, But today we're going to wrap up the hall of faith and we're going to wrap up today with, uh, with a teaching and a preaching on the apostle Paul. I really can't even talk about the hall of faith without talking about Paul to you. If you've been a Christian a while, you've probably heard about Paul. Maybe if you're new to this whole thing, you're like, hey, who is Paul? Today's a great day to come and and learn about him, okay? And if you are new here today, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you for being here. You guys inspire me. We know it's always weird to try a place out for the first time or second time. Everybody remembers being in junior high and walking into the lunchroom for the first time, and you're like, you know, what table do I sit at? And so thank you for being here. In fact, can we just give it up for our first-time guest today? I know we have some, and so thank you guys for, for being here and we appreciate you and man everybody else you guys really inspire me so much I've been at this for 20 years now which is a long time to do anything but you guys keep me coming back you keep me fighting for each message you you keep me excited to communicate and so thank you my hope today is that I can build your spiritual life and and I hope you leave with more than what you came in with okay I I hope you leave more encouraged more courageous more built up more ready to run the race and the the plan that God has for you and that's why we meet we get together to just like really push each other on into this thing uh, to make the world a better place. And so so thank you for that. I'm, I'm excited. Yesterday, I got a chance to go to the Keys with a couple guys, and I, I got to try pole spearing fishing for the first time. And uh, it was crazy, because I've never seen a shark in the Keys before. But uh, yo, some shark showed up. I had one buzz me like three feet right in front of me. Freaked me out. I was scuba diving, so your boy sucked some air down in that moment. Like, that was, I got my heart started. But I didn't, I didn't get bit or anything. I'm like, thank God for that. I, my wife will never let me go go diving again if that happens. So it was a great time. And, and uh, I'm preaching here, and then I'm catching a flight. I'm going to go ride motorcycles for two days. And I'm super excited about it. Uh, it's good to take a break. I'm going to talk about that in the message here in a second. But it's good to take a break. It's good to do something that restores your soul. And so I get to do that here for a couple days. And, and uh, I'm pretty amped about that. But today, but today, we're going to talk about Paul. How many of you, by a show of hands really quick, how many of you have heard about the Apostle Paul before? Most, okay, right? Most of us, maybe a few of us have not. Okay, so other than Jesus Christ, I think you'd make a great argument that no one has shaped the Christian faith more than Paul. 
Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. He has helped us understand the concepts of grace and not by works, but by faith. I mean, he has had a profound impact on all of our lives and all of our faith. In fact, he is the man that all preachers steal material from. I mean, you can't even preach a message and not somehow get in and out of who Paul is and what Paul said and how he shaped our ability to see who Jesus is. And so I want to talk today from his life and his ministry, a few things that for me have just become wildly inspiring that I think are going to help you begin to follow Christ at a deeper level. Okay. And so if I look at his life and his faith and who this man is, first of all, he was a Jewish individual that grew up when Rome was kind of ruling everything. And so he grew up with a dual citizenship. He was also a citizen of Rome. He grew up in Tarsus. He's trained to be a Pharisee. He's very, very well educated, right? And he's very, very passionate to serve God the way he thinks he's, he's supposed to serve God. And so he finds out about these new people called Christians and these young believers, but he's very passionate in destroying the Christian faith. And so he begins to throw Christians in jail and he oversees the murder of other Christians. And so he's taken his religious zealousy to a place that is really very terrifying. Right now he's hurting people. And so he's on the road, the Bible says, literally to Damascus. He's going from Jerusalem to Damascus, and he's getting ready to go persecute more Christians. And God shows up in this wild, wild conversion story. And Jesus shows up, he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And which is amazing, because if you're a believer today, Jesus owns your life in a very personal way. Saul is persecuting Christians, and Jesus is like, yo, what are you doing to me? He takes it very, very personal. You see that? That you're his kid, he takes it on a very, very personal way. And so Saul has this life-changing moment. And he goes from not believing to believing in Jesus overnight. And he's got this radical, radical transformation. And then God begins to use him in incredible ways. But one of the things that inspires me about Paul that I think is, is really something that every believer has to kind of get through is that Paul had the faith to start. He had the faith to start. And what, what I mean is this. Could you imagine becoming a new believer and receiving Jesus, receiving the love of God, and looking back on your past and realizing you have hurt and murdered and ruined the lives of Christians? Paul had the faith to start. He had the faith to give God his past and to trust him with his past, and then to trust God with his future. Guys, this is something every person has to do, something every person has to be faced with. God, I trust you with my future, and to trust you with my future, and to trust that my future is bright, and that you're doing something in my future. I also have to trust you with my past. I have to trust you with my failures, and my mistakes, and the times that I've hurt people, and the times that I've got it wrong. And Paul inspires me because he had the faith to start. He had the faith to trust God with an ugly past so he could see a beautiful future. Come on, I don't know how that, who that is for today, but I really want to sink in this one. Have you trusted God with your past so you can trust God with your future? The same God that opens up bright future, he deals with brutal pasts. The, the same love and the same grace and the same sacrifice that opens up a brand new future also deals and reconciles and covers and washes my past sins and past mistakes. If you're a believer today, the Bible says that all the old things are gone and yo, something new God is doing and you are fresh and you are clean and he's washed you and he's made you new. But imagine the faith it took from Paul to say, God, 
I trust you with all the ugliness of my past, and I will embrace what you want to do. I have found a common thing that the enemy loves to try to tell so many people is that you can never have a good future. You cannot have a bright future. God cannot use you because of X, Y, and Z. He's always trying to bring up our failures. It's been said that the enemy will be the first one to help you sin, and when you commit that sin, he's the first person to point out that you did sin. It's a constant cycle of temptation and condemnation. And God will not tempt you, nor will God condemn you. God will give you wisdom and grace, and God will free you and set you free. The Bible says it's for freedom's sake that Christ has set you free. And so I'm sharing Paul's story not to pick on Paul, but if God can get Paul through his past, do you believe today that God can get you through your past and get you to embrace your future and what he's called you to do? I believe that. It might be painful. It might be a little ugly. It might be full of failure. But I think God has so much more for you. I, I think, I, I didn't do this in the first service, but I was thinking this week of my great-grandfather, Dale. And, and man, he could not get over alcohol. Unfortunately, he was abusive when he was drunk. But when God came in his life, he gave his life to Christ. His wife got saved. Most of his kids got saved. He became an elder in the church. And I just thought five generations are now following Jesus because my great-grandfather had the faith to get started and to say that it can change in my family, that even though it's a painful past, there is a brighter future for our family. Wow. You don't know you might be changing future generations by your yes to Jesus today. By saying, God, I will trust you with my past and look forward to my future. You will change your kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids today because of the decisions that you're making right now. Saying, Jesus, I trust you with my past. I have the faith to start. It's so scary fighting condemnation, but the faith to start with him. To see what he will do in my life. Paul inspires me because he had the faith just to get started. Jesus, I trust you. Let's get going. Does God always tell us where we're going? Not at all. It's often an adventure. It's twists and turns. It's ups and downs. It's all over the place. God, why don't you just give me the GPS? You know, man, it's just trust in him. The Bible says that word, it's a, it's a, it'll light our path, and sometimes it's a lamp under our feet. Sometimes God will give you the path, and you know what? Sometimes God will just give you the next step, and the next step, and the next step. It is a journey of trust. The faith to get started. Paul had the faith to stay. The second thing that inspires me so much, maybe more than anything else of Paul's life and ministry, he had the faith to stay, guys. Not everything went well in Paul's life and went well in his ministry. You're old enough to know now, not everything goes well. Sometimes it goes really well. Sometimes things do not go well. Paul was faced with constant and just ever-present challenges. Let me read some this morning. His life was threatened in Damascus. It was threatened again at Jerusalem in Acts chapter 9. He's ran out of town in Antioch. He's almost stoned at Iconium. He is stoned and left for dead at Lystra. He's opposed in Jerusalem. His close friend and co-worker Barnabas, they had a falling out. Uh, he was beaten with rods in Philippi. He's thrown out of Philippi. His life was threatened in Thessalonica, forced out of Berea, mocked and made a laughing stock in Athens. He was literally preaching, and they laughed him out of town. Thank you for the respect today. I appreciate it. Love you all. Thank you. 
like he's laughed out of town. He's taken before the judgment seat in Corinth. He's opposed by business people in Ephesus, plotted against in Greece, apprehended by a mob in Jerusalem, arrested by the Romans, barely escaped in Acts 22. There's an assassination plot in Acts 23. Two-year imprisonment in Caesarea, shipwrecked in Malta, bitten by a snake in Malta, and then imprisoned again in Rome. He writes this. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. And another translation, Paul calls what he goes through a light affliction. This is a light thing compared to the glory that is coming. If these are light afflictions, then most of my problems are cupcakes. Paul would give me a pat on the back and a kiss on the cheek and be like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, like you know, you're not on my level yet. Light afflictions compared to what is coming. Brazilian novelist Paulo Coelho says, you're not defeated when you lose, you're defeated when you quit. My grandpa Shaw, who's not with us anymore, but he was a semi-professional boxer and an apple farmer. He's a great, great guy. He said, I love this quote. He said, getting knocked down is the easy part. Getting back up is the hard part. Anybody can get knocked down. It takes guts to get back up again, right? Life hits everybody. Everybody gets knocked down. Everybody hurts. Everybody goes through things they don't want to go through. Everybody faces challenges, but Paul had the faith to stay. When the going gets tough, right? He's like, I'm going to get going. He had this, I won't quit, can't stop, can't give up attitude. I just have to keep on going. I have the faith to stay. How could we quit? This is a light affliction. It's a small thing. I don't know about you, but that perspective inspires me so much. How many of you, like me, can make a small molehill into a mountain? Isn't it funny how the more you focus on a problem, the bigger it gets? The more you think about it, the more you talk about it, the more you text your friends about it. And you're like, man, what was a small thing is now something that is immovable in my life. You know, the Bible says magnify the Lord. God does not get bigger, but all of a sudden in your own soul, he starts appearing, I think, correctly. It says, you know, if you had a magnifying glass in your soul, imagine a magnifying glass. You can stick that magnifying glass on God, or you can stick that magnifying glass on your problem. And you can magnify a small problem until it becomes so big to you, or you can say, you know what? This is probably a light affliction. I will magnify the Lord until he begins to get big inside of me, and I can begin to believe that God can do something about my affliction and my problem and my challenge. And even if he doesn't, it's still small potatoes to what is coming. Amen? Good. Let me help someone out. The faith to stay. Faith to see problems correctly. He had the faith to recognize he had the faith to recognize God's grace. And it says in Corinthians that Paul, Paul said, I worked harder than everybody else, but it wasn't me. It was God's grace in me. Paul could probably outwork all of us. I mean, he sounds like he could work crazy hard, right? But if you look at his life, what's fascinating, it's not all content creation. He's not all missionary journeys. After he first gets saved, he goes to the deserts of Arabia and he spends several years just getting to know God. No content. 
no missions trips, no, no work. He's just being with God. Then he goes back to Tarsus for another season of time. Not a lot of content. He's just being with God. One of my, my favorite ones from the study this week is while he's in prison in Caesarea, which Caesarea is a beautiful, ancient port city. Right there on the Mediterranean, the waters are crystal clear there. There was an ancient Roman port there and just a truly beautiful city. And Paul is under house arrest. He's in prison right there. And we don't get a lot from Paul in those, in those couple years. There's no books. There, there's no missions. And he would have had access to letters. He could have written, but he didn't. And I'm speculating a little bit, and I have to admit that. But I just wonder if Paul was not just chilling by the seaside, just hanging out with God, restoring his soul. Because he had been doing a lot of work and a lot of trips, and he's just chilling for a little bit. Now, here's what I do know. You can't produce 110% all the time. You can't run all the time. You are not just a content cow. You cannot give all the time without ever developing a rhythm of rest in your life. And here's the thing. If you don't recognize the grace of God in your life, then you think it's all you and you will never stop. You will never stop. You'll never be able to rest because all the pressure is on you and you will run and run and run. And you can run yourself into the ground a little bit. You cannot give 100% at work and then come home and give 100% and, 100 and, 100 and it never take time to rest. Church, it is better to take a break before you break down. It is better to rest before you rust. Okay, come on. It's better to get a rhythm of fun before you get so fried. This is how people get in trouble. They get so burned out. They're like, I'm just going to hit the destruct button. Okay, how do you do that? You play more. Pastor Matt, I want my soul to flourish. I'm working, 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 but I'm miserable. Have you taken the time to rest? Let me pastor you for a second. Listen, I think everybody should have one great vacation a year. Go spend too much money. Go eat the croissants. Eat the double cheeseburger, you know. Don't tell your Dono, but just go. Go get the fries. Go have fun. Throw the budget away. Don't save that month. You know, like, go have fun. I think everybody needs quarterly getaways. Take a journal. Jot some things down. You know, have a couple days. Do something that restores your soul. You know, all of our souls get restored a little differently, right? My wife, all she wants to do is go to a beach or a pool and lay down and read historical fiction. Your boy don't want to read no historical fiction at all. That doesn't restore my soul one bit. I get way too antsy if I'm just laying around. I'm like, I got to do something, you know. But motorcycles? I don't know why it's so fun, but it restores my soul. Spearfishing? I don't know why it restores my soul. If you're a vegan, don't hate me. I'm sorry. But it's like, I just, it restores my soul. What am I saying? Have you found something that restores your soul? play. Honestly, so many of us are so fried because we're not playing, and now you're miserable. Now you're mad at your spouse. You're mad at your kids. <laughs> you're mad at your boss. You're mad at every, you just, Why? Because you probably haven't taken time to play. We rest so we can run. I want you to see the rhythm of a believer, okay? It's not 110% all the time, every time. There's times we get phenomenal content from Paul, and there's times, for whatever reason, it's chill. And I wonder if the content isn't so good because the chill was really good. Guys, listen, here's the thing. 
You worry about your depth with Jesus. Let God worry about the height. You know, we're, we're a tree. The Bible says that we're, just, we're grafted in, right? That we're the branches. He's the vine. What if we and I focused on some of our roots and got our souls maybe a little healthier? Let the roots go down a little deeper and let God worry about the height of the tree. You know, I tell you what, I've never missed it when I focused on the roots. I usually miss it when I focus on the height. But if I can zero in on who Jesus is and what he wants to do in my life and build rhythms of rest and really get to know him, everything else seems to flow a whole lot better. I mean, you can take it if you want it, but I think you need some rest. You need some fun, and you need to recognize it's, it's God. Scott Muha, Scott and Lauren are a real sweet couple in our church. They run a small group as well, but they were missionaries in Spain for a number of years, and so part in America, part in Latin America, and in Spain. And he said, you know, he said, what I realized was that Americans, man, we live to work. He said, but Spaniards, they work so they can live. First of all, they're right about the siesta. My God, let, let's bring that back. Like... I mean, like, I'm like, come on, guys, we're in South Florida. We're Latin enough. Let's bring the siesta back. Can we vote on this? Like, I would love, then we'll have an espresso and finish the day. Okay, I get it. But I, I would love an afternoon nap right now. But it's funny. It's so in our culture, isn't it? Because isn't it amazing we get to know somebody, you get their name, then what's the next question you ask? What do you do? What do you do? We're human beings. We're not just human doings. We're human beings. And if I look at Paul's life and I look at the rhythm of his life, it's like he did more than I'll probably ever get done for God ever a million times over. But there's seasons where it's like he's just with God. It's not all content. Your life, here's what I know, it's not just all content. You're not just all emails. You're not all closing deals. You're not all workouts. It's, there's more. There's a being part of you and you need to rest and you need to play. Our church is full of a lot of entrepreneurs. It's full of go-getters. It's full of hard workers. I know y'all ain't slacking. You guys are the movers. Okay, I get it, but you still need rest. And if you're crispy, it's probably because you haven't played. So let me pastor you, okay? You need, you need some rest. As I wind down a little bit, Paul had the faith to finish. Paul had the faith to finish. After his time in Caesarea, it is fascinating to me. He goes to Rome. On the way to Rome, they crash land in Malta. There's like revival breaks out in Malta. God uses him incredible. He gets bit by a snake. He shakes it off. He goes to Rome. He starts preaching the gospel weekly, daily, under house arrest. And then all of a sudden, he just goes on like this frenzy. He writes Philemon, Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, most likely 1 Timothy and Titus also at this time. He just goes crazy. Like he just, he just, boom, he finishes, watch this, his ministry. You guys are young, which is cool. And I'm, I'm getting like midlife, right? So I've been around long enough to see this. So many people start well, not as many people finish well. And I'm like, yo, like halfway, I'm like, wow. It's so funny when you're 25, you're like, by the time I'm 45, life will make sense. I'm so sorry. It gets way more confusing. I wish, I wish I had hope, but like adult life, adulting is so hard. Like, it's so confusing. And so often in life, I'm like, that's a bad decision. That's a bad decision. That's a bad... I don't know. Is there a good decision? Like, does anything make sense? My kids are young, so we watch uh, Frozen. We watch Frozen, too. And there's, there's a song, right, where Olaf's like, when I get older, everything will make sense. Any Disney fans? My parents up there, you know what I'm talking about. You know, and it's satirical and it's funny. And I, I was listening to Olaf, and I'm like, wow, that'll preach, actually. That's so true. Like, adult life is so confusing. It's so crazy. It gets, it gets crazier. Paul has this phenomenal ability to focus on Christ and finish well. He has the faith to start well, do well, and finish well. I don't know who you are, but I do know it will take conviction to finish well. 
I know it will take more than emotion. It will take more than romance. It, it will take more than poetry. It will take grit to finish well. And if you're in the grind today, you really have to get that prize ahead of you. Okay, to finish well, I have to give up what I want now for what I want most. And I can never not marry that dream. It's before me. I, I want to finish well. He writes his spiritual son. He said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Okay? He got to write to his spiritual son, I ran my race. God did it. I finished well. I have the faith to finish well. Paul goes on to plant, some scholars think, around 20 churches. His churches impact, obviously, hundreds, thousands of people. Those churches went on to plant more churches. He writes two-thirds of the New Testament, makes a profound, profound, again, other than Christ, probably Paul, profound impact on the Christian faith. He runs his race very, very well. And I'm going to wind down with this. The times that Paul was in prison were probably his least favorite times. If you've got a go-getter personality and you're a church planner, how many of you would imagine being stuck in prison would have been a very, very frustrating thing? Right? It would have probably got to him a little bit. And so he's forced to write letters. And he begins to write a lot of his letters while he's in jail because it's the only thing he can do. But it's his letters that have been read by millions. The Bible app has been downloaded over 500 million times. The Bible is still the best-selling book of all time by a lot. God wrote the best-selling novel of all human history. It always will be. Like, this is true. If you don't believe me, Google it. It's the best-selling book of all time, the Bible. Downloaded like crazy. Millions upon millions read his letters and changed. In his greatest constraint, God constructed his greatest ministry. I wonder what constraints God will use to construct some of his greatest work through you. That gets me thinking. Doesn't that get you thinking? God, I don't have the money for that. Okay, I have a constraint, but God's not done constructing. God took his limitations and blew the limits off. How could Paul conceptualize the Bible? He couldn't. Paul's like, yo, I'm reaching hundreds of people. I'm reaching dozens of people. God's like, that's cool. That's cute. But actually, you're going to reach millions of people. And through your constraint, I will construct something that's far beyond you. Here's what I know. He had the faith to finish. I'm going to trust God with my constraints and my frustrations and my failures because he can construct something far beyond any of us here today. Come on, y'all believe that? So take the lid off, play, rest. If you're married, come on, guys, relax. Stop getting mad at your spouse. Go play. Last week, I watched all four kids so my wife could go play. This week, she's returning the favor, and I'm going to go play. Go play. It's way more fun than, than being frustrated. Just go play. Go play, rest, build rhythms of rest. Have the faith to start. Have the faith to trust him with your past. Have the faith to finish well. Get the prize before you and run, run toward it. Let me pray for you really quick. Did you get something out of today? Good. I wanna, I wanna help us. I love you, I love you. All eyes closed for a moment, all heads bowed. Hey, if you're in here today and you don't know Jesus or maybe this is your first time back in church, and you're like, well, that landed. God really really talk to me. I want to kind of open my life and receive God. Would you just shoot your hand really, up really quick? We're not going to embarrass you. I just want to come and talk to you maybe afterwards. And if, if everybody's cool, that's cool. I just, want to, I just want to offer this morning. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I love this crowd. Lord, you love them. And God, you want to construct something great through the constraints that they face. Lord, I pray that you stir our hearts today. Maybe some of us in here, we've never really started. So God, I pray you, you stir their hearts to start following you trust you with their past and get running. God, maybe others were in the grind. We're just going for it crazy and we've forgotten to rest. 
Maybe our hearts are getting a little jaded, but really what we need is just to go play and to go rest and to trust that your grace has our back as, as we're working. And God, maybe others of us, maybe, maybe we, we've started out well, but maybe we've just gotten a little lost. God, would you, would you stir our hearts today? Would you give us faith to finish well, to put that prize, to put you ahead of us and before us, God, that we might, like Paul, be able to say, yo, I ran my race well in Jesus' name. If you believe that with me, say amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, CityLift.com. Dot church. Have an amazing week.